Welcome to Ideas Into Reality, a podcast to inspire everyone to take action to turn their ideas into reality. No matter what experience they have, where they live, or who they think they are right now. Each week, we introduce you to a founder that has taken their tiny flicker of an idea and done what it takes to bring it to reality. We also take a few minutes to dig into the how of some of the key lessons those founders have learned on their journey so that you can feel more confident in what to actually do as you start to take action on your idea. Ideas into Reality is hosted and produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba. So we'll be talking to founders from our local community here in regional Queensland, as well as some of the interesting folk that we have met during our travels around the globe. As you heard, Ideas Into Reality is produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking. At Canvas Coworking, we're passionate about building the startup ecosystem in our region and beyond, connecting entrepreneurs, designers, developers, hackers, makers, hipsters, creatives, mentors, and investors. We're a not-for-profit incorporated association with an objective to support those who want to turn their ideas into reality. Since mid-2015, our community have been coming together to work, learn and connect here at Canvas Coworking and online. We're located on Ruthven Street in Toowoomba, a small, beautiful city in the southeast of Queensland, the Sunshine State of Australia. Yet we know that many people don't really know yet what we do here or why we're here or how to become involved. So we hope that the information that you hear on this podcast will help you understand that all a little bit better and make you feel confident to join in whenever you're ready. So you can find out more at canvascoworking.com.au and reach out to us anytime. I'm delighted to have Suzanne Holden from Icon Adventures on the show today. Suzanne has been part of the Canvas Coworking community for a few years now and having been a participant in one of our bootcamp programs with a slightly different idea about local walks, which has since evolved into Happy Hikers Toowoomba. However, today we'll be learning more about her journey of bringing Icon Adventures to its current reality. All right, so let's jump straight into some questions. So Suzanne, I'm really keen to know what was happening in your life at the time that you got this idea to to start your business, Icon Adventures? Okay, well, I, I, I always feel a bit of a fraud because I didn't actually start Icon Adventures. So I probably need to take you back um, probably 10 years previous uh, to when I, I, I took over the business. I didn't start it from scratch. Uh, although I completely changed direction. So how Icon Adventures started back in 2006 or 2005 was the first trip. So my then husband, uh, my children, I should start with, my children are actually adopted from Ethiopia. And when we were allocated two separate babies, uh, we went over and collected them from Addis Ababa, the capital, um, spent a week or two there each time and then came home and only spending time in the capital. When the children were toddlers, my then husband wanted to go back to Ethiopia. He was turning 40. So as so many people do with a holiday, with a birthday that ends with a zero, he wanted to do a significant trip. So he wanted to go back to Ethiopia and have a look around because we'd really only seen the, the capital city. 
so he and his mate Chris Ramsey headed over to Ethiopia and they they travelled around the country. They're both mad keen hikers, trekkers. One of the places they went to is uh, the Simeon Mountains in the north of the country and thought this is the most spectacular mountain range, um, beautiful uh, area to visit and such a fascinating country because in those days still, uh, whatever it was, 20, 30 years after the famine, people still thought of Ethiopia as a famine-ravished country, which it really is so not. They had a wonderful time. They came back and told everybody about it. And the following year, 2006, they had uh, 16 people signed up ready to go with them if they were to go back again, which they did in 2006. And this is where the business started from there. So the first trip was to Ethiopia. Uh, and then we can they continued on from there because they were mad keen trekkers. So they did Kilimanjaro and Kokoda. But it, it was just a hobby for Chris and James who started it. And then I got involved behind the scenes in the admin side. Chris's wife, Laura, got involved uh, behind the scenes in admin as well. And it just continued on. We were all working elsewhere and it was a, it was a hobby that just gave opportunity to do a bit of travel and not really make money. It was more about making money and giving back to those communities that we were visiting with, you know, donating to schools and orphanages and that sort of thing. Um, and it just sort of grew from there. We were all having a nice time as a nice little hobby. <laughs> My marriage ended, so uh, I bought him out of his side of the business. And then it was myself, Chris and Laura. Laura then got a back injury, which made it very difficult. Oh, uh, um, nothing to do with work, but she had a back injury, which stopped her from wanting to work anymore because of pain issues. And then Chris got a promotion in his job and decided to, to pursue that side of his career rather than the travel side. So that left me, uh, who at the time was a police officer, to work out what I wanted to do. Maybe foolishly, I thought, right, I'm going to give in, give up the police and take over Icon Adventures and see what I could do with it. So it was a relatively established business. Uh, we were doing lots of treks like Kokoda and Kilimanjaro, Great Wall of China, those sort of things. But when I took over, I, I had only been behind the scenes. Chris was the front man of the business. And so a lot of our clients were coming from Chris, friends of his, friends of friends, work colleagues, work colleagues of friends of colleagues, and that sort of thing. So when I came along and, and was trying to promote our normal trips as we normally did, nobody knew how, who I was. I, I, lack of trust, I guess. Um, my lack of knowledge, because I had not done Kilimanjaro or um, Kokoda or any of those sort of hardcore treks. And basically, I think when I took over, I almost drove the business, well, almost drove the business into the ground because um, nobody knew who I was. Um, I'm trying to sell trips that to be honest, I didn't actually want to do myself. So I was in a bit of a limbo. I was um, at that time a single mum. I'd given up my regular income at the police, in the police service and uh, was struggling big time actually. In fact, I, I was, got to the point for several months I wasn't earning anything and just drawing on my mortgage to uh, put food on the table. So I had to decide what I was going to do. Was I going to give it away or try to go in another direction? I thought, well, let's try and keep it simple. So I thought, let, let, instead of doing an overseas trip, let's try an Australian trip. So I went down to the Great Ocean Road in Victoria and had heard of the Great Ocean Walk, which is a 97-kilometre or just over 100-kilometre walk between uh, two points on the Victorian coast. 
And I did all this research. I worked out what I was going to do. I'd worked out where I was going to stay. I was going to hire a car, hopefully get four friends to come with me and go and, and try out this walk. So I did this all the research. I put the itinerary out there. Um, I put it on Facebook page. I think I spent $10 boosting it. And within three weeks, I had 27 people signed up ready to go on the Great Asher Walk with me. So it was a sort of a light bulb moment where I had just about driven the business into the ground. I had no income coming in. I tried something completely new in sheer desperation and it was the turning point. I I had discovered that there's a much larger market for people that want easy rather than, I mean, there's still a market for the hardcore hiking, but this was um, more moderate hiking where we stayed at night in nice places where you have sheets and towels and nice comfortable beds and uh, nice catering and sort of did more moderate walking during the day, which which is what I like doing. Um, and there's a larger market of other people that like doing that as, as well. So in answer to your question, which was, uh, what was I doing? <laughs> I guess what I was doing is trying something completely new out of sheer desperation to be able to put food on my table for my kids and myself to eat. It's incredible when you listen to that story, just how much you persisted and, you know, where if it was months and you were drawing on your mortgage, you could have just stopped and given up and probably I'm sure the police force would have taken you back. So, yeah, quite incredible the resilience, I guess, that you have to be able to keep going forward, which is is really a credit to you. I'm keen to know as well in taking this to become a business and a full-time business, particularly after having done it as, like you said, a bit of a hobby and a a sideline thing and still having that regular income coming in from, you know, multiple sources wing with partners earlier in the piece. When you made that decision to, to quit your job and start working on it, was there anything that you did, you know, you knew you needed to learn or you knew you needed assistance with that you had to had to do something extra to start to learn how to make this a business as opposed to a hobby? No, I think I went in completely blind (laughs) because we had been trading for uh, nine years by that time and just been steadily increasing the business, still not to a point that was giving any of us a a full-time salary. Uh, but it was on a upward trajectory, which was which was good. So very naively, I thought, well, it's been doing this for a few years. I'll just continue to do this and earn a moderate wage. So no, I probably was very naive thinking, well, I'll just continue doing what we have been doing because that's worked in the past. In answer to your question, no, I, I did not look into it properly. I, I just took a bold step very naively and uh, and nearly paid the ultimate price of uh, completely failing um, and, and walking away with nothing. So that, and that's a, a, I guess, a really good point there. You, you could have failed and walked away with nothing, but you didn't. And, mm. and now obviously you're, you know, a few years on and at, at least from the outside, it looks like business is going quite well. In, in making that change, and as you said, finding something that you liked doing, that you found an audience who also liked that more moderate hike and, and having a nice bed to sleep in at night and nice food prepared for you, in pivoting the type of business and then from that point moving it forward, what are some of the things that you've learned along that part of the journey now that you've, I'm going to call it settled, um, but settled on what it is that you do being those sort of more you know, more moderate and luxury type accommodation tours? 
uh, sorry. So, what was the question? What What have I actually done? Yeah. Sorry. What What have you done since since making that realization yeah. to actually make this into a business? Because oh, okay. you've you've obviously you are in you know in our view you're successful. Yeah. So, what what, <laughs> what steps have you taken? I guess the biggest step is mindset. I now believe in myself. I believe that I can do this and it is possible. Because before, when we were doing well, I was very much in the background. I, I, I can't take any credit. Of, um, Chris and, and James were more involved with the business. I was just uh, um, in the background, not doing a significant role. Uh, so when I took over, I changed direction of the business, but I still didn't necessarily believe it was going to work. And then when my first trip, which all the first, those 27 people, I then changed, I did three trips in a row of Great Ocean Walks. Um, I didn't do one big group. Learning from that, talking to the clients, because a lot of those were new clients, and working out what I was good at, it becoming a people person, believing in myself, listening to people, what they like, and understanding what people are looking for in, in travel, and creating trips to suit the market. The way that you've gone about really asking people, and I know that you run some additional little groups on the side of your business that help understand what people are looking for and what they like doing and how they can become more of a community together as well is important. And having spoken to a number of people who've been on your trips in the past, they get that real sense of being nurtured and cared for throughout that whole experience. And obviously when whoever you're working with as as your client gets an experience that's beyond just the hike component like Mm -hmm. there's all the preparation beforehand the hike and then you know that that community that they can connect in with afterward which obviously with running small group tours they get to know each other quite well as well and and we see that coming through in comments and things on on social media probably uh, I guess and I don't want to preempt what you want to say because you can say whatever you like but I'm keen to know what it is that you're most proud of with what you've achieved today Yeah, as I said, I I sort of always feel a bit embarrassed when people say you've you've started and built this company because I I sort of don't like to take the credit for that. But I feel like I did take a company and I've completely changed the direction of it. When it was myself and Chris, we were the sort of last two standing and Chris decided that he would take his career uh, in the way that he was going with his normal pay job and he tried to sell his share, which was 50% of the business. And I tried to get other people involved and people looked and said, well, you you really haven't got anything to sell. You know, somebody could just come along and, and come and start start a business beside you and and take over so there's nothing worth buying in your on your business which is is a bit of a kick in the teeth you think well okay yeah you're probably right there and I guess the thing I'm most proud of now is that I have got something that has value I have got ongoing travel tours coming up well I haven't at the moment because we're in the middle of coronavirus but uh you know it's it's a it's it's growing momentum, I guess, and and I feel most proud that I've taken something which was almost nothing. It was like golf ball size, and now it's like uh, boulder size. In my mind, I know I'm very, I'm still very small, and, I, and I'm I'm quite comfortable with that. I'm not looking to be the next intrepid or something like that. That's not my goal. I just want to keep. A, I keep saying small, but somebody said you shouldn't say small. You should call it um, boutique. So a boutique travel company, which I'm, uh, you know, I can keep giving that personalized service. Um, I can I know all of my clients generally before they even come on the trip because I've spoken to them, I've talked to them if they're local, they've come on my training walks. 
yeah, so I, I'm proud that I, I pretty much took something that was almost nothing uh, to, to a successful uh, travel company with ongoing customer base and repeat base as well, which is a good thing too. Definitely. Always a good sign of success when people come back and, mm. and engage with you again, particularly in something as personal as, as travel, because it is all about the experience. So well done. Thank you. Obviously, this isn't the end of your journey. And I realise we are in the middle of a pandemic and that changes things. But um, where do you see yourself in being in the stage of your journey? And is there a next step? Is there something that you're wanting to sort of grow into or grow towards with your business that you're looking forward to? Oh, look, do you know what? I mean, like um, my business income has gone from, you know, X amount, uh, you know, it has dropped by 100% basically because obviously nobody can go anywhere. So government saying if, if your business has dropped by 30% or 50% that they're offering this, well, mine literally has dropped by 100%. You know, it, it wasn't that long ago I was living on nothing. So I can go back to living on very little. And, um, and I'm using this time, I am so excited about this time because it is giving me the break that I need to work on the behind the scenes because I've been so busy building the business and working in it. I can now work on it because it was it was growing rapidly at a very fast pace, which I was almost feeling like I was holding on the end of the tail as it was taking off. So this has given me a bit of a breathing space. So things like my website, which is atrocious, it is it is so embarrassing. I can now work on that. I know once this pandemic is over, people will want to travel again, but I, I get the feeling that Australia will be the big market to start with and poor people are ready to go overseas. So I'm currently working on putting some Australian trips together because there are so many beautiful places to see in Australia. So so I, I get the, I'm sort of reading the market that that's where we will be going for the next 12 months, 12 to 24 months perhaps, and then hopefully next year in 2021, some the odd over overseas trip. So where am I going? So I'm, I'm still going to continue to grow the business. I, I, I know this has stopped me still for, and all I've been working on is working on uh, cancellations for the last month, but uh, I have an absolute positive attitude towards the future. It's given me breathing space to get procedures in place, to get my website up and, day, uh, up and running, to get some more trips designed, ready for when the partial lockdown that we're in loosens because I know it's not going to be a sudden step right off you go it's going to be a gradual thing so I'm ready to start gradually introducing new new trips and um, and start from there and start stepping up uh, again as as time allows that's really great. I think the universe tells us sometimes when we need a break and I think maybe the universe has told the entire planet everyone just needs a break <laughs> right now, but yeah. not to lay on the couch and watch Netflix, but to, as you said, you know, work on those things that require attention or think about what it is that we want to do next and, and yeah, exploring more parts of Australia is a great idea and you can do so much desktop research now to start to find places and plan a lot of it so at least you know where you're heading on the other side. And I, for one, as uh, as someone who suffers from the no trip phobia, um, <laughs> is <laughs> desperate to uh, to have something booked in because it does my head in when I don't. So yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one. So I'm sure as soon as you open the gates, uh, there'll be people keen to to go with you wherever you're going. You've obviously learned a lot uh, along this journey so far. If you were to sit down and chat to somebody and they said, oh, I've got this idea for, for something I want to do, I want to start this business, what one word of advice or lesson that you've learnt would you share with them 
at the really early stage of them going into something new? I think um, have tenacity, just um, jump in, well, uh, say jump in boots and all. Give it your all for as long as you can, I guess. You know, with myself, I could have uh, chucked it all in. And and I, I also know, you know, with my stage in life, you know, as a middle-aged woman, you know, a lot of people are in relationships and secure relationships. And so there's always, there's often a second income coming in. So people may try a business, but they give in perhaps earlier than they need to because they think, well, I can always rely on my partner's income or whatever. And there's not, I guess for me, the hardest part was it was, you know, if I'm not earning, nobody's earning and to keep going. And that was the hardest part. And if I had a partner that had a second income, it would have been a lot easier for me. But if I had a partner with a second income, I bet I would have given up and said, no, this is all too hard because I don't have to keep going. So I guess, you know, if I was going to give somebody advice is decide if it's going to be a hobby or it's going to be an income, it's going to be a business. And if it's, if you decide it's going to be a business, give it your all for as long as you possibly can, if that's, you know, six months, 12 months, two years before, you know, and it, most overnight successes take, I don't know, five, 10 years to become an overnight success. So you're not going to get, unless you've got something fantastic, you're not going to get overnight success. It just takes tenacity to keep going, even when doors seem to be closing on you, opportunities don't arise, and maybe a small opportunity arrives, well, if any small opportunity that arrives, grab it with both hands and and take it to the nth degree uh, until you exhaust all opportunities so yeah i guess my 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 advice is give it your all if you know as for as long as you can great advice definitely i'm familiar with you know if there's some backup income in there it doesn't always work the same way as if there is no safety net personal experience there. So totally, yeah. totally agree. Awesome. Well, look, thanks so much, Suzanne. I really, like, I love talking to you all the time and yeah, love <laughs> tripping around and, and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to getting back into that. So I know there'll be people listening as well who are really keen to see as soon as we're able to get out of the house, how we can go do things and they'd want to be able to connect with you. So do you just want to tell everyone how people can connect with you, where they could find you online, et cetera, et cetera? At the moment, well, hopefully, but I don't know when this is going to air, but um, I have a website, which is www.iconadventures.com.au, which is going to be scrapped and and a new one come, but um, there'll always be connection. There'll always be uh, contact details on there. Facebook, uh, again, Icon Adventures on Facebook. Follow us on there. Like us, follow us, whatever you want to do. And my email address is Suzanne at which is S-U-Z-A-N-N-E at iconadventures.com is my uh, email address. So, um, and if you're local to to Woomba in Queensland, I have started another little Facebook group called Happy Hikers to Woomba. So this was a, a group that I started originally, if anybody was coming in on our tours, they could come on training walks. But um, not everybody can come on a, on a travel with me, and that's fine. So I have a group called Happy Hikers Toowoomba, uh, which is a community group uh, where we just do local walks around the area. And if you think you're somebody that would like to get into walking, but you're unsure or you don't know the tracks or you're, you're not very confident or you don't like to do it yourself, look up Happy Hikers Toowoomba on Facebook again. Join that group and uh, come for a walk with us. 
Awesome. And yep, I quite enjoy those walks. It's always nice to get out and socialise. And as someone who felt uh, for quite some time in the early stages of being extremely unfit and overweight that I walked extremely slowly, I could join those walks and still someone would walk with me. So it was it was very good. So mm. uh, yeah, a great little group. It's, it's, it's also, uh, you know, it's, well, it, we know for mental health reasons that getting out to nature is, is, is fantastic, but also the social aspect. You know, I've had so many people just crawl up to the group because they're on their own uh, and they're unsure, they don't know anybody. Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, within five minutes, they're just chatting away to somebody and by the end of it, they're stopping and having a coffee, coffee with us, which I absolutely love. The, the, the social aspect is all as good as the, um, the getting out in nature and the, and the exercise part of it. So it's a win-win-win all around. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Suzanne. And the very, very final thing is, is there like obviously people listening to this. So is there anything that the people listening can do for you at this point that would help you in any way, shape or form other than obviously just finding you on social media? So is there anything that you need from those listening? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's because you, you've just nailed it. it it's um, as, a, as a small bit, you know, and very and people are very much getting behind small businesses with with the coronavirus and people, um, so many groups now that are saying support small business. All, all I ask is, uh, and I should, should also mention that I don't just do my own tours. I am a normal travel agent as well. So if, if somebody wants to go and take their family to Europe for a family holiday, I can do as much or little as the organising for that as well, whether we just be booking flights or booking flights and a couple of nights accommodation or, or the whole kit and caboodle. I just the only thing they can do for me now at the moment is is remember me <laughs> uh, and when you want to go traveling whether it be on one of my tours or to go independently or even for for work business travel please remember small businesses like Icon Adventures and and support us and yeah that's it really just support small businesses because we're we're living in your community you know the, the money goes around and around so that request is is support support small business where you can Great advice. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. And uh, this episode will go out um, in May. Uh, so unfortunately, probably still in coronavirus time, but a good time to be thinking about when you're going to be traveling next and where you want to go and maybe have a chat with Suzanne about some options and what that might look like. So you're ready to hit the ground running, so to speak. this week's lesson, we're going to talk about why you're doing this. So why is it that you care about this problem? Why is this problem something that you want to invest your heart and soul and savings and relationships and all of the other things that go alongside of, of your life, invest all of the time and energy that you have into solving this problem? You know, why do you want to do that? What's in it for you? What's in it for your family? What's in it for your potential customers? And how important are all those things to you? Write that all down now before you start because the road is going to be bumpy. There are going to be moments when you absolutely want to give up. And if you can go back and look at what you wrote before you started, it can sometimes be enough for you to go, okay, I get it. Let's go again. You know, let's pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and let's go with that. So the other really important thing to write down 
is why do you believe that you are the person who's going to make this happen? What strengths do you have? What tenacity do you have? What resilience do you have? Why you? Because people are going to test you. They're going to ask you hard questions. They're going to doubt you. They're going to also believe in you and and be desperate for you to succeed. All of those things are going to play with your emotions. So write that down before you start as well. Why you? Why are you willing to do this? Why you? Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Ideas Into Reality episode. And we hope that you enjoyed learning about our founder's journey and got a couple of takeaways from the lesson learned that will help end the flames of your idea. Assuming you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and let your friends know too. They might just be sitting on an idea that you do not even know about yet. You can find out more about Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba by visiting our websites, canvascoworking.com.au and startuptoowoomba.com.au or finding us on pretty much any social media platform. My name is Joy Taylor and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey and I look forward to introducing you to our next guest in our next episode.